Um, yeah. bre I'm just we're seeing gonna... my headphones. What's going on? It's the Film Drunk Frogcast. I'm Vince Mancini coming at you, not live, from the Frog Quarters in San Francisco. we got a great show for you tonight. Uh, on the phone line, on the Skype tube, we have published author, celebrated author, and uh, professional athlete, Mr. Paul Shirley. That's your... That's your I got it. Oh, okay. Hey, there you go. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. I, was, I was just still stunned because you introduced me as as a, as a professional athlete. It's been a long time since that's been said. Well, it's like it's like being a marine. You never a former. You're always always once a professional athlete, always a professional athlete, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I met. Uh, I mean, you may have made it this far in the book. One time, I was at the uh, old Playboy Mansion name drop early in the in the program. Damn. Uh, and I met uh, met this playmate and i introduced her i was like hey so this is a former playmate so-and-so and she's like uh-uh it's uh it's playmate same thing as a president once you're a president you're always a president same with a playmate oh r.i.p hugh hefner or probably r.i.p probably r.i.p that playmate yeah she's still alive who's who's alive they in don't live long <laughs> <laughs> just like professional athletes Exactly. It's uh, they take too many concussions to the head, and then they get that early onset Alzheimer's, and then they. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that would be a, that would be depressing. A, a playmate with Alzheimer's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, could you tell though? Like if it was uh, <laughs> if it was Kendra Wilkinson, I don't think that you could tell the difference. That was the most impressive thing about that show was that she could. F- like she found a niche in which she could function as a normal human, even though she was like mostly mm-hmm. mentally challenged. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember I mean, I think... Kendra being uh, any more mentally challenged than, uh, say, the other one, Holly. No, Holly was definitely smarter than Kendra. Was she? You know, I didn't really watch the show all that much, to be honest with you. Which one was Kendra? Was she the white one? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> She's the one that married Hank Basket. She's like the that's the, not, one, the that's San not Diego help one. I don't know. I don't know. Was she blonde? They were. Yeah, they yeah, both they looked exactly all... <laughs> the same. Fuck. <laughs> what are the chances? Yeah. Yeah. No. So, dude, was Hef there while you were there at the mansion? Uh, I think he was up in his lair because this was like this was only three years ago, uh, and so I think he was incapacitated and. And being creepy, like looking out over the lawn or something. Yeah, uh, sure. Living you know, the dream. Come in with the milk. There. Come in with the milk. Come in with the milk. Wave the future. Wave the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Hugh Hefner. You style. know who was there for sure was uh, was Polly Shore. Oh, like, yeah. Not there. a surprise. I mean, I know exactly. It was it was so spot on that it was almost like, is this an animatronic Polly Shore? Like, this, <laughs> could this be real? <laughs> I hope it was just like, hey. It the we saw the jaw just falls <laughs> off. We did just can someone replace the West Polly's jaw? <laughs> it's a Westworld Playboy Mansion where you can like you can kill f- Polly. <laughs> I'm just imagining uh, Sir, Sir Anthony Hopkins interviewing Polly Shore, oh, just, to, sort of, just, to, just to test his memory. Actually. Sure. 
it would be pretty gleeful if you got to if you could pummel Polly Shore and Bill Maher at the same in the same night. Wow, that does, would be does Bill Maher, kind of amazing. Bill Maher also hangs at the uh, the bunny the bunny ranch. What is it called? It's called. Oh, he's a yeah, ranch. he's a big the bunny ranch. Yes, exactly. he's a, a yeah, place. he's a big Playboy Mansion guy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let me just name some names and you tell me if they were there there or, or not. You haven't introduced me. Oh yes. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, LA Matt, Matt Lieb is here. Yeah, yeah, what up? Okay, let's go. Yeah, LA Matt slash SF Matt this week. Um, uh, Steven Dorf. Uh, no, weirdly. It's, but he's like different now, right? He's Doesn't he do like soulful movies about like raising nieces and stuff or I, something? Isn't I don't know. Him? All I know is that he, he, uh, he did commercials for vaping and they were the best thing ever. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> Fuck. Blue E-Sig. That's right. We're all adults here. Negative one. I'm tired of being a walking asterisk. Negative two. I'm tired of feeling guilty every time I want to light up. I'm Steven Dorf. I've been a smoker for 20 years. And I just found the smarter alternative. Blue E-Cigs. Blue lets me enjoy smoking without it affecting the people around me. Because it's vapor, not tobacco smoke. That means no ash. And best of all, no offensive odor. With blue, you can smoke at a basketball game if you want to. And how about not having to go outside every 10 minutes when you're in a bar with your friends? The point is, you can smoke blue virtually anywhere. We're all adults here. It's time we take our freedom back. Dude, I'm Stephen Dorff. I'm Stephen Dorff. When Dorf. I was a kid, I and I remember did... me from such movies as Blade, and that's it. <laughs> when I was a kid and I did something good, my mom would give me a cigarette and say, Smoke up, Stevie. <laughs> but now I can smoke indoors. Man. I feel like I get, uh, for some reason, I get um, Steven Dorf and Simon Rex mixed up, which is crazy because they're not at all the same, except for maybe like patchy facial hair. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. But, you know, I mean, I think the, the, the natural way to mix them up would be Steven Dorf. Skeet Ulrich, uh-huh. Scoot McNary, like it's just a just, conti- just, it's a continuum, oh. and if you if you keep naming actors, right. it eventually comes back to Steven Dorff. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that last one. Like if you if you who's, mix who's Scoot McNary? Scoot McNary was in Killing Me Softly. He's actually pretty good. I mean, of the actor of those three actors, he's probably the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you if you multiply Steven Dorff by Sam Rockwell, you get scoot mcnary and if you multiply scoot mcnary by ben mendelson he turns back into steven dorf i don't know ben mendelson <laughs> <laughs> but i, like I that love you this have game a but it's like the most esoteric like people out there are just like whoa vince really does he really does know movies like yeah, this, is, this is no joke man this guy is alone a lot that's all i can think <laughs> look i am steven uh, dorf plus steven tyler equals <laughs> A dwarf Steven Tyler. <laughs> just a real little one, but a big old mouth. Dwarven Tyler. Uh, I'm just a, I'm a that guy connoisseur, and those are all like real, those are like A-list that, that guys. Um, so, Paul, the book. <laughs> see how, you see how professional Good I did that? Life. Yeah, you like that? That was a real. That's, 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 like, that's what a real late night host Dude, you, got, a, you got great segues. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, the book. Uh, stories that tell on dates second book correct that's right second book so why don't you tell us the concept behind your book 
so the uh, the concept is the, the very short elevator pitch is stories Sweet. I tell on dates is the stories I tell on dates framed by many of the dates I've told them on. The slightly longer version is that uh, I, I've been on entirely too many dates in my life. And at some point, maybe in the throes of living in L.A., I realized, like, uh sort of tell the same stories on a lot of my dates. Oh, yeah. Kind of like I'm going into material. Yep. And, uh, and so I was like, I should write these down. So that way I don't have to tell them anymore. <laughs> you just hand the date note cards. Yeah. Just, or hand them a, a bound book. Here you go. <laughs> you can just read this. True, true. Yeah. Don't, don't call me until you finish. I love that if she tries to talk while you're telling a story. Can you, oh, I'm sorry. Could you not interrupt me? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm monologuing right now. Could you please? <laughs> Well, it is funny, like people, when, when people hear about this, one of the things they will say is like, do you really tell like 30 page stories? And the answer is yes. No, <laughs> the answer is of course, no. When I hit upon this concept, I, I was like, oh, this is a pretty good title for a book and a pretty good way to frame a memoir. But it is interesting how literally people take it sometimes. They're like, so you remember that you told this girl in Iowa this story? I'm like, no, of course not. That'd be... <laughs> insane it's just that this is you know sort of the way that that might come up in a situation um as you know Vince, each chapter starts on a date and then i explain why i might tell a certain story uh, and i tell that story and then i return to a date um mostly because i think we all have pet stories that like kind of explain who we are uh, yeah uh, and, and so i wanted to like dive into that i think it's actually kind of fascinating how we think that dates are like I ask you a question, you ask me a question, but most of the time when it's going really well, you're just sort of like riffing off of each other. Like, yeah. Oh, that reminds me of, mm -hmm. and then you tell a story that may only be a minute long, but a lot of it is storytelling. Yeah. It's like a really good podcast. That's what, <laughs> that's what <laughs> yeah. a date is. Yeah. Yeah. And it, when it's going yeah, bad, I mean, that's, it's like a job interview. That's when it's bad. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I think, um, one thing I've been thinking about a lot recently is that this book, feels pretty nostalgic just in the way that I write about some of the stories from my childhood, but it's also kind of nostalgic for what I would refer to as like normal dating where you did maybe go on dates with somebody you knew a little bit. So it was a little more comfortable because what I notice nowadays, especially because of online dating, we do end up in these job interview types of dates where you're just like sitting there grilling each other because yeah. you're searching for some commonality. Well, you're trying to like, you're trying to reverse engineer a spark. Cause like, if you mm -hmm. just meet someone and you both know that you are attracted to each other, there's like a spark there and you right. go talk to each other. And there's like an element of like, oh, there's some sort of destiny involved where something brought us together and we're talking now. And like, there's a, you know, there's like a, an origin story. Right. Whereas, uh, if you're mm -hmm. online dating or if you, or even if you're just going on a blind date or it's a setup, it's like you, you skip that step. So now you're like trying to reverse engineer, like whether there is that right. spark or not, which yeah. I think is interesting, but I should yeah, say, now, are you guys, Oh, I was just going to say, are you guys, are you guys in the dating pool as it were right now? I was for a long time. I am no longer in the dating pool, but I remember Same. it. Yeah. I swam there. Pete in it. <laughs> Yeah. All right. You're out of it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't miss it, but, you know, at the same time, it was definitely fun to occasionally meet someone. And then <laughs> yeah, I, was, 
guys fucked. Remember you Kirk. Remember you guys fucked. Remember it? I, but I am in a very happy relationship like right now. Like now the story that Matt tells on dates is about how he got choked and spit on in that girl's minivan. Yeah, listen, don't you don't have to relive <laughs> stories. That's a story that happened on a date, but... Uh, yeah, you wouldn't tell that story on a date. No, the stories I said before that were so lame comparatively uh yeah no no more i haven't dated in in a while now i i really i do i don't miss it because it's it, it is uh soul sucking also i got super into online dating and then uh it it's was, like having two extra jobs it's like yeah it's, it's like having an extra job and the, like every person seems perfect when you're texting with yeah, them if you got yeah. really good text rapport yeah, yeah and then um right so you don't want to fuck that up somehow and then you meet them in real life and sometimes and they see all your like armpit stains yeah yeah and it's just you know it's just not as magical yeah um i right, should right. i should say uh like i, I don't know that i would nor, like read any dating memoir but your story is made more interesting by the fact that you're uh like you kind of live this life where you never know what how long you're going to be l- living in a certain place and you're in different countries and you're crossing cultural barriers um but i i feel like you really destroyed our image of the of the footloose and fancy free professional athlete just Sort of slaying, poon, smack, crushing, push, yeah, just smashing gas. I think that's been. That's <laughs> Sorry, <God>. that was <laughs> that was too graphic. That happened. That, that happened. Uh, no, I think that's been my uh, my modus operandi, if you will. In that, like my first book, people were like, "Ah, kind of wanted you to just talk about how awesome it was to be in the NBA," and I don't really want you to complain. And then this one too, I guess now that you mentioned that, it is probably there's gonna be some of that related. It's like did you just like uh smash more gas? Yeah. Is that what Matt said? I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Smash and, some gas and like lum lum I'm sorry. Is there any way you could like cry less all also? <laughs> right, yeah. There's a lot of crying. Yeah, you use the like word a lot of crying. We- weeping more than I would expect for this kind of book. <laughs> Sometimes dates are sad, man. Yeah. Depends on the stories you tell. Well, you know, Matt loves to have a good cry. I love to cry. Whether it be in a movie theater, yeah. on a date, yeah. in a minivan. Mostly alone, though. I don't like to cry in front of people. Right. I just... Sure. I just you I, don't? No? No, I like to, I like to, you know, just me and my laptop watching a very sad video. Yeah. That's how I like to do it. It's like coming out of your tear ducts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very cathartic. Very cathartic. What's what's <laughs> is it is it too much to ask for a story that you told on a date? Do you, do you have no, a, not a at go-to all. I, story? I well, I, I think the the one that actually kind of started this was that I found that I was telling this kind of short story that, as it turns out, is not really a story. It's more of an anecdote. But when I was in seventh grade, um, our home ec teacher came in because I was, you know, I'm from Kansas, so we still had home act. Um, our, our teacher says, all right, we're taking a break from funnel cakes today. It's sex ed day. And, oh, uh, yeah. and in through the, through the door. Well, it, I wasn't thrilled because I was just terrified of girls as a seventh grader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I knew that like, there's something, something bad's going to happen. 
Uh, and then in the door walks my mother because she's the sex ed teacher for the county. Oh so I sat there and watched my mother do, and my mom was a very progressive sex ed teacher for Jefferson County, Kansas. I mean, she was in it. Like we're doing all the chlamydia slides and all the syphilis <laughs> slides. And then she moves on to like, okay, well now I'm going to demonstrate how to put on a condom with my uh, mouth so in, <laughs> hey on my son. Uh, no, uh, oh, so, uh, so, uh, she, uh, so she, when I, when I used to remember the story, I always thought it was a banana, but when I was telling the story around her one time, she corrected me. She's like, no, Paul, I used my forearm, which actually makes it worse yeah. that she like, unrolled a condom using her like two fingers down her forearm so anyway while this is happening while she's encased in latex one of my sort of uh, arch enemies goes too bad her son's never going to get to use one of those and i immediately burst into tears because i just did like that's the only my only response was to just start crying uh and and things got worse a year later when in my very small town like everybody knew each other really well and my family was my mom and my dad, and then the three Shirley brothers. One one tall one who reads books and plays sports, and then another one, and then another one, the end. And then my parents got pregnant well after, like, clearly an accident, which then led to the same kid, like, in the locker room, like, hey, Paul, looks like your mom's not so good at practicing what she preaches, is she? <laughs> um, nice. But there was a lot of just, like, I, humiliation. Yeah, you would have been the like <laughs> that, that, the tormentor. I, I would, yeah, I would have said something like that. Probably that sounds like me. <laughs> so anyway, like that's like that was the sort of thing that I I noticed myself telling this story because I mean it's kind of weird that I brought up like my mom and condoms, but I think there's <laughs> something about that story that like frames me as like this is how I think of myself in a way it also talks about like the small town where i'm from mm -hmm. um and so in a in a short burst you kind of get a pretty good picture of like who i am I yeah I, I like to think that you ended the story afterwards uh <laughs> you know telling the date well well it turns out bully was wrong i fuck a lot now <laughs> like i fuck real good too i get inside I fuck, and outside I fuck good yeah i'm good at it fucking i know how to put a condom on real good <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> to make a long story short, will you be my mom? <laughs> like you pull out a condom on the date and wrap them around your fingers. Look. I guess I'll never know what I missed on that first. Look day at what I can class. do. Um, Don't have sex. Yeah, the uh, the because you will get pregnant script, and die. Sorry, so that story Don't have is sex that, the and I remember going back to my high school reunion or kind of a quasi reunion, and it, we were like twenty five. And the same kids who had been tormenting me <laughs> had already had three kids and a vasectomy at age 25. Jesus. Oh, hey. Give them credit for the vasectomy. So, Can you imagine yeah, hating, I mean, he's... hating condoms that much, though? <laughs> I mean, I, and I don't like condoms as much as the next guy. But like, at some point, you just have to just... I like condoms your... fine because that means I'm fucking... Yeah, sure, but I mean, you know, when you ha when you're having consistent sex with somebody, well, and yeah. they're not on the pill, and you're using yeah. a condom every time, it yeah. can get tedious. But also, yeah. just, just come like, in the potted plant, like Harvey Weinstein. The, oh. <laughs> 
wonder how that Potter plan is doing. Uh, I feel like well, between him, what was and it? A, James, was it a fern? Yeah, <laughs> what do you I think it was? A, f- a ficus? <laughs> was it a ficus, or maybe it was an air plant? Yeah, I don't know. Was it a, <laughs> su- it- a succulent of some kind? Mm, extra succulent. Uh, I feel like the common thread between a lot of. Uh, between him and like James Toback is like if you're like a big disgusting fat man mm-hmm. with power you're probably gonna use that to yeah strong arm your I don't know I think if you're in Hollywood and you have power you've definitely used you, it. I know people who look like a gross sweaty weirdo who would do that not, probably maybe you not would. even I it's like I've known people who who run open mics who have tried to use that to fuck you know what I mean <laughs> yeah like yeah. Uh, like it does it does any position of power at all over a woman and someone's gonna be like hey you want to get three minutes on this mic you gotta do stuff for me too yeah. like people are ugh. anyways how do we get there yeah, they're, they're gross yeah they are gross. by the way i had a this is uh i haven't trotted this this theory out but i was thinking the other day about how like could it be that hold on? Do we we should we play the music that that delineates this as an exclusive world world exclusive? Right, do you have music for? No, world I don't. Ex- but I was just saying because he's never shared this theory before. All right. Oh right, right, yeah. Frock I actually exclusive. thought there was going to be music. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, I was thinking about how like, Go ahead. If you think about like in the olden days, we would have sent a lot of really terrible people off. To war like they would have died a lot of men a lot of like aggressive men would not have survived to the ages we now survive so maybe there's just like an overpopulation of shitty dudes of which we may also be in that population i don't know i'm not going to mischaracterize like i'm perfect or something but like it, when i read some of the stuff i'm like ah maybe there's just too many of us and there wouldn't have been this many when we were just like fighting each other all the time. Yeah, yeah. We need like a bone more grinding. War, we need more wars. We need a bone grinding war, like yeah. a fucking you know World War One, nineteen seventeen. Just a bunch of men in the trenches, like you know, <laughs> people who would have been rapists, but instead they were like, "I'm gonna fuck that up in Europe," and then they died. I, I mean, think the easier answer yeah. is that we had uh, a fucked up conception of sex where the man mm-hmm. the man uh, pushes and it's and it was the woman's job to set boundaries and mm-hmm. so when you have like any dude who uh, can leverage his uh, position which basically like every pickup artist that's their entire thing right. is, is sort of creating this uh, false sense of, of you having a, a, a higher social position. Mm-hmm. So anyone who actually does have that higher social position, like they're basically, well, this is what I got to leverage mm-hmm. to get some ass. Also, and, it's like... And uh, yeah. and so the, so unless they got told straight out, like, hey, fucking stop it, they're like, well, this must be okay. Also, it, it, it's like a... It's, it's uh, a cultural difference, too, because you do have people like Harvey Weinstein and all these people who are... In in their heads kind of thinking well i didn't know i couldn't do that you know well, also i mean if you're just from the outside and you're seeing harvey weinstein show up to like the premiere with some hot chick that turns out he like strong-armed yeah you're probably just seeing that like oh i guess uh i guess i strong-arm women that's how you that's how you do it apparently like, right. like you see that as like right. like from the outside you wouldn't know that the, the shame and all that that goes on but you like, just you just see it as like oh there's a successful dude who gets chicks. Oh uh, yeah, how it's like one of those things for them personally where I, how long does it go on with no one calling them out before they're like I'm allowed 
you know right that's the the grossest the grossest part mm. of our entire species uh, do you hear the latest there's more oh well there's more uh george george bush senior george bush senior is a rapist has been accused by now two uh women of being uh sexually assaulted uh, he touched me from behind his wheelchair with his wife, Barbara Bush, by his side, she wrote. He told me a dirty joke, and then, all the while being photographed, touch me again. Uh, that is not the end of things. Jordana Grolnick, a New York actress, has a story to tell that doesn't sound very different. Uh, is he wheelchair-bound? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, hold on. Oh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. In reporting the just, just in. FDR really, really got <laughs> yeah. into it with that polio. Like, I found two actresses who had accused Bush of groping and also two Twitter users who on April 4th, 2014 made reference to uh, the... Oh, sorry. He made a David Copperfield joke. Uh, we were told that Bush now you had... See it, now you don't. During a photo op, groped her and told her that his favorite magician was David Copperfield while fondling her. Jesus Christ. Even like with their dicks... Completely not working. They're still like, I can still make women feel small. Uh, I may be half a man, but I'm a whole rapist. I'm dying. Uh, um, like, like, I swear, all these dudes are on their deathbeds. Their final words are going to be like, bitches ain't shit. And then they're going to go out. Um, the uh, I have the I have the official statement from the 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 bushes uh, on this. Also, which is... Uh, <laughs> We've done much worse to millions of Iraqis. <laughs> Bush spokesperson Jim McGrath provided the following statement. At age 93, President Bush has been confined to a wheelchair for roughly five years. So his arm falls on the lower waist of people with whom he takes pictures. To try to put people at ease, the president routinely tells the same joke. And on occasion, he has patted women's rears in what he intended to be a good-natured manner. Some have seen it as innocent. Others clearly view it as inappropriate. To anyone he has offended, President Bush apologizes most sincerely. Once again, with the, the present tense of president, you know what? Fuck that. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. former president yeah. now. That'll... Nearly dead president <laughs> George Herbert <coughs> Kent Walker Bush. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Uh, someone, someone parodied the statement. This is Caleb Horton on Twitter. He wrote a parody of the uh, the, mm-hmm. the the press release. Uh, At age 93, President Bush is too old to be alive. He should be, a, he should be dead, but he is alive, which is an abomination to God. <laughs> Every morning, he ushers each individual member of his nurse staff to his sickbed, where he motions to a revolver on his bedside table. Kill me with this, he tells them, sometimes as if he is talking in his sleep, but sometimes fully, cruelly awake, his eyes full of tears. <laughs> I have wanted to die for 25 years, he declares to reassure staff of his intent. <laughs> the worst tyrant is time, he croaks as they make their embarrassed exit. In his happy moments, increasingly rare, he speaks delusionally, delusionally of a non-existent son named Jeb, and how Jeb's life has been a journey of pain caused by cowardice. He refuses to talk about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the that's that's the only internet writing that and your movie reviews that needs to exist hey i'll take it i agree i mean except it means i have to see those movies that's all right. oh yeah that, they, they exist uh, beyond the internet and i like that they exist on it but also beyond it Right. It's just internet writing in general should be illegal. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's well. Yeah. It's just. I. I mean. Don't you guys think that like we don't. We just don't need it. Like I'm. There's no more. I don't need any more internet writing. Like I'll put it in my magazine and I will consume it because it's well collected and edited. 
but I don't need your fucking tossed off ideas yeah. on well, X subject. As soon as we figured out that uh, that you can just keep making posts and hoping one of them uh, gets picked up by Google, as soon as every news uh, mm-hmm. organization that figured out that you could just do that, it kind of ruined ruined mm-hmm. everything. Because then there was no like, hey, do I really need to write this? It was just like, hey, just write it and figure it out later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Throw Everyone, it at the wall and see what sticks. Disposable content, dude. It's all just content. It's yeah. Just, just a carton of milk that'll expire if you don't write about it right now. So glug, glug. Glug, glug, motherfuckers, because we're in this till the fucking apocalypse. That's right. You go down to the content mines, you get the click lung. Mm-hmm. We've all got the click lung. We got the click lung. Collectively. Uh, so, speaking of, so like your last book, the subtitle was, the, la- the title of the last book is, Can I Keep My Jersey? 11 Teams, 5 Countries, and 4 Years in My Life as a Basketball Vagabond. That seemed like it was from the era when you had to do like an SEO thing with the subtitle of a book. Mm-hmm. And now... Oh, God, yeah, I... I fought so hard against that subtitle, but they just wouldn't let it go at Random House. Like it, I mean, they they fought so hard for it that on the cover of the book, it actually dominates. But you're right; <laughs> it was like an era where you had to, the subtitle was like a short essay on what the book was about. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. keywords. Yeah, it it's like, like when you see the tags at the bottom of a YouTube video. It was like fear and loathing in Las Vegas. My trip to Las Vegas to discover the dark heart of the American dream, where I saw where the wave receded and rolled back. <laughs> yeah. And all, you know, it's like, all right, we fucking we get it. That I mean, that was just yeah, like every. Even, that was like every memoir even, from two thousand or any every nonfiction book from two thousand to like two thousand thirteen. Oh yeah, I mean, like I I bet I'm trying to think of like iconic. Um, well, like hot, flat, and crowded. You know that. Yeah. Like, who's that? Who's that fucking Tom, idiot writer that Tom turns out he's wrong? Yeah. yeah, about everything. But like, <laughs> I'm sure even that, which you're like, I got it. Hot, flat, and crowded, and there's a picture of the planet on there that's on a dime or something. Like, I got what you're going for, but they probably still put like some 27 word subtitle on it. I hate when people are like trying to look smart and they're like, look at this Tom Friedman book I got to read. And you're like, man, get the fuck out. Like, that's the most, that's like the Starbucks equivalent of books or something, you know? Or it's like, you're fucking... check out this jazz I got from Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, like, get the fuck out of here right. with that. It's well, got the Avid brothers on it. I may, I may, uh, I may step on some toes here, but like, I feel that way about Malcolm Gladwell generally. It's mm. like socio- sociology for idiots where right. they can be like, well, I read. Malcolm Gladwell says if you do something a bunch of times, you'll get good at it. Oh, I, oh, I just heard someone no say that uh, on stage on this panel show where someone was like, I just read this book by Malcolm Gladwell. And I went, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. What is he going to say? It could be it. And he goes, and he says, hey, you got to spend 10,000 hours. And I was just like, kill yourself now. Do it. Do it. Kill yourself now. Yeah, petite, please, de- petite defensive please. Gladwell. I've never read one of his books, and I have the same exact reaction to it when anyone brings them up. However. They're fun. They're I, good. I haven't they're, read they're, one. They're quick and fun I, and good storytelling. And- I plead ignorance, but I really do love his podcast, and I think it's actually really good oh revisionist history yeah 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 it's, really it's, it's pretty it good it's pretty good uh, he, he does uh he did like the, this season he sort of did some uh civil rights era themed stories and i, I thought, I, I thought I they was, were actually really good i, I mean it lives up season. to the title yeah yeah it was basically like there's well anyway i'm not gonna go into it um but yeah when someone i quotes, can see yeah Malcolm, i have not sorry go ahead Matt. no that's it i was just saying when someone quotes malcolm gladwell 
uh, as like I read this book. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I don't know why. That's maybe that's super elitist. It's me. like it, it, to me, he's like the Ken Burns of books. Like when someone's like, "Oh, I watched this Ken Burns doc," and I'm like, "Let me guess, it was about a really broad subject," and he and he fucking zoomed in on a bunch of pictures, and it was 18 hours long. Like, yeah, Nothing moved. We fucking know what Ken Burns mm-hmm. does at this point. He just like, he doesn't do a documentary so much as just like mm-hmm. film his unedited research. Which all right, great. Um, like, I just saw this movie by this really great director. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of him, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. That's probably that's probably all of us uh, aging and being crotchety, also because yeah. I think I rem- I remember being 25 and discovering certain things and just being like, did you know that uh, Chuck Klosterman wrote about this thing and and probably looking back being like oh well yeah everybody knows that idiot like move on right that, that was sourced already yeah oh, i really dissing the guy who wrote the intro to your last <laughs> book yeah i wasn't really a diss at him it was more like <laughs> no just my own idiocy i just know? wanted to get that in there i i feel equally equally enraged uh when people have really really nice things or really really mean things to say about the beatles <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. like if you fucking love the beatles i'm like oh really the beatles oh real original buddy and if they're like the beatles are trash i'm like you're trash motherfucker you're talking about the best band in the world that's ever existed idiot. yeah like i just i just hate people having a yeah, same Opinions. like that. Well, well, if anybody tries to tell me how fucking good uh, Bob Dylan or like David Lynch are, I'm like, shut the but fuck. Good or and bad. Here's the thing, they good are good, or bad. but I don't want to hear your fucking theory about it. It's, like they're both having fun, and I, I respect that about them. But if I have to hear yeah. your fan theory about what a Bob Dylan song means or what a David Lynch scene means, like just just or dive into the. If, if you go on Twitter and you're like, Bob Dylan is trash. He's always been trash. He's an idiot. Hashtag Bob Dylan is trash. And I'm like, oh, really? So uh, I guess poetry is bullshit, too. (laughs) I don't even like Bob Dylan. I'm just defensive over people having strong opinions. Sure, sure. Which is, you know, my problem. I feel like I hate Springsteen and I can't tell anybody. I don't like Springsteen. I mean, not that I hate him. Like, I like, you know, I'll rock out to glory days. But just his pretentious ass voice where he sounds like he's trying to sing for the entire working class. I'm like, all right, shut the fuck up, Springsteen. Yeah, I don't even know how he he got that brand. All right, I don't want to, I feel like I don't want to, I already missed my segue, which was that we were going to go from grope uh, to dope. Which is the? Uh, I don't know if you know My about this. God. Paul. Was that a planned? Yeah, segue? it was always a plan. It Holy was a plan. shit! There's this company called Dope, D O U G H P, which is uh, San Francisco's only hip hop influenced cookie dough kiosk. Yep. Um, with uh, the, a, okay. a millennial focused outfit with concoctions like this s'more is hella lit, uh, cold brew is bay, and uh, the OG. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Kelsey Witherow, she's the restaurateur. She calls herself a dope dealer. Anyway, um, we talked about that a few shows back, and one of our listeners, mm-hmm. Dave, brought us some uh, some actual dope, and I thought we could Wait, do da- like Dave. Uh, someone, a listener, gave this to you. Yeah, yeah. We brought he brought it by today, so I thought we could do like an actual. I don't know what flavor this is, but we got some dope. It looks like it says it says uh, on the thing. It says no, it doesn't. You're it right. Doesn't it say. just says dope. Let legit cookie dough. Yeah. So it's a hip hop themed cookie dough. Me and Matt were gonna see if we could eat it and uh, right. if it would it would make us good at rap. Okay. 
Alright, so we're trying it. Vince just took a bite. Alright, uh, I mean... We're gonna try it. I mean, it's not gonna be bad. It tastes like cookie dough. Yeah, right. I mean, it's hard to go wrong there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's fine. That's kind of good. What do you think, Matt? I hate it. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Is it because it tastes like... Because it looks like ice cream. Tastes like a poser. But it's just cookie dough. Yeah. Um, I, feel, I can't tell oh, if it should be it's cold. Just, it's literally just cookie so it's dough. Just, it's just frozen cookie dough. Not frozen. Not even frozen. It's it's edible. They're like, it, you can eat it raw or you can make cookies out Dope's of it. Dope's flavors of cookie dough aren't made with raw eggs, so they're safe to eat raw. Yeah, except if you like right. good tasting Got food. It. Good tasting food, mm. then yeah. you're not going to like it because it tastes like I mean, shit. That's the the problem, like, I've actually made a shocking number of cookies. I was, like, in 4-H and the whole thing. But, like, it, when you get to be an adult, you realize, like, oh, of course cookies are delicious. They're just sugar and butter. Like, right. That's it. Like, yeah. of course, it, like, it, it, I imagine that's sort of the genius of having some sort of weird hook is that all cookie dough is good. So you better put a fucking sweet cookie dough is bay or whatever yeah but that's yeah. the thing it's like it, 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 like the uh, everything else about this thing is doing too much it, the cookie dough is not that bad uh yeah just name it a regular thing yeah you didn't have to and uh, you know what uh, whatever right it's it's something that they oh i just got a text i'm sorry i'm i'm, I'm throwing us off uh my girlfriend she just okay all mm -hmm. right buddy we no get big it. deal my girlfriend who i have sex with no big deal uh lots of sex me and my uh, girlfriend who I have sex with, uh, she just got a heated toilet seat that has a bidet. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Matt's got to go. Matt's got to go. I got to go. I got some buttholes to eat. <laughs> love, love, love. No, I'm just very excited. <laughs> I will say I replaced my old toilet seat uh, I saw it. It's wooden week. now. Yeah, yeah. It's bamboo, but, you know, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I replaced my toilet seat, and I replaced the belt on my vacuum this week. And, boy, did I ever feel like a real man. Yeah. I mean. Oh, and, man. That is big. Yeah. yeah. You're becoming a well, real let's boy. Let's back up. Let's take two steps back. You got Is it really a wooden toilet seat? It's uh, it looks you know, it looks like wood. It's bamboo. I didn't want to get the cheap. Wow. I, I was worried about buying the plastic one online because mm -hmm. I figured I'd get something cheap. But if you get something right. wood, it's probably the great thing. I got some heft to it. The great thing about a bamboo or wooden or whatever toilet seat is that it, it doesn't need to be heated. It's always like room temperature. Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. that's what's great about right. that. You never have right. a cold toilet seat. The bad thing about them well, I, is you get when you get poo on it, you don't even notice. Uh -huh. And so you yeah, got to brown. That's right. the idea. It's brown, so you yeah. got to wipe it good, dude. Because uh -huh. I swear to God, if I sit down there and I get fucking just poo stains all over my body, because you poo like an animal with your mm. goddamn monkey fucking what is it? The monkey monkey cult? scoop. The monkey scoop, like a crazy person getting your balls that's all over you... your forearm. Gross. Oh. <laughs> Look, I don't. I feel uh, like you shouldn't second. stand up before you wipe, because then it makes your butt cheeks go back together and it squishes Just the poop in there. Continue to push. What happens is your yeah. anus prolapses, <laughs> or it just it, it, you can keep an open butt. I don't push. I I take Metamucil every day. It comes right out of there. It's like spraying Pam on the inside. You don't of your... even push. No, I don't wow. know. It comes right out. I just got to be near a toilet when I know it's coming. I Otherwise, push, I'm in trouble. I push real hard. Sometimes, mm -hmm. like, I'll, I'll be blood, my eyes will be bloodshot after I take a shit. Sure, sure. It's very unhealthy. Yeah. 
maybe that's what inspired you to your girlfriend to get this uh heated seat like kind of let let it ease out a little bit let yeah, it relax yeah. into it maybe yeah hopefully although yeah. i have to say i feel like my body is already so warm i don't want to, a heated seat makes me think of just like sweatiness and just seems like extra jungly now yeah, I mean, I am, yeah. You want like lukewarm? You want to cool it down a little bit. I down imagine there. what the heated part means is like is like is, it doesn't shock it, you. It doesn't shock you with like a coldness. Although yeah, personally, yeah. I have never sat on a toilet seat and been like, oh my word. So I like I like a bidet, but here's the here's a slight counterpoint to the bidet argument. Okay. And Paul, you know, you played all over Europe. I'm sure you're pretty familiar with bidets and whatnot. So familiar. Yeah. Um, a lot of times the bidet water comes from back to front, mm. which like I, I get the idea that water is cleaner than just paper, but aren't you also spraying poo particles on your balls when you do the b- bidet? It's interesting. It should come from front to back. Right. Yeah. But then you might get poo in your ta- well, tailbone. <laughs> seems less important. Yeah, I would say, I, I would argue that water without soap down there is useless. It's just spreading the germs around. Yeah. In fact, creating more of a sort of contra uh, spreader gun of the germs as opposed to any sort of mitigation of the germs. It's just an open bar for bacteria down there. Here's, yeah, here's... yeah. I mean, if you're like... Go ahead. Well, I, I just, I think, I mean, obviously the French know these things better than we do. Mm, uh, sure, so sure. there must be... Right, except for they don't smell the best of of the of the Europeans point. in my experience. Like they're not the most clean. So well, they don't I shower don't, every day, I so you got to keep your asshole cleaner, so you can go more days between showers. Interesting, right? But I feel like you're just diluting the poo particles. It's not really cleaner. I, I don't know. Maybe I need to try out your bidet. Yeah, nah, that's so, what that's the moral. Well, of the story. we'll all try it out. We just everyone will get a shot. To clean their butthole, I I personally I've actually never used a bidet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I saw one. You're in for a treat. I visited Europe one time and I saw one, and it was pointed almost like a, like a water fountain. Yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> and I didn't understand. First of all, it was a separate thing from the toilet. Mm-hmm. So like there was a toilet, mm-hmm. and then across from that was a butthole fountain, and I mm-hmm. felt like. There was too much work to like shit in the toilet, go over to the butthole fountain. Yeah, yeah, it's too many steps. It's felt like too many steps. Yeah. Um, also, my girlfriend has a very tiny b- right. bathroom. Yeah, my girlfriend okay. who I have sex with okay. has a very tiny bathroom, and uh, so th- I can actually it's real re- real tight in there. I can stop. <laughs> That's my girlfriend's pussy you're talking about. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> Don't talk about my girlfriend's. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, um, no, uh, uh, so because I can, I can reach reach the sink from a sitting position on the toilet. Yeah. So kind of, I don't really. Oh see wow. It. So what's the purpose of? Yeah, yeah. Just just cup that water. Well, you're tall. I don't even cup the water. You so know what I do? I, I like to dampen the toilet paper. Sure. I do a, a, a damp toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. I just like. Uh, oh wow. That's yeah. how I do it. I, I don't know if other people do that. Does well, everyone... I carry flushable wet wipes in my bathroom, but yeah, I wet toilet paper sometimes. For sure, for sure. Uh, Matt, yeah, everyone... I feel like we have to transition. Oh, we're transitioning. We do have to tram segueing. You got to segue. Yeah, I, I, I call it out now. Okay. Uh, I've gotten into the wild turkey also. Uh, yeah, you, you took a giant swig of wild turkey right after you had some of this dough. It is a delicious thing to follow your dope with, is wild turkey. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, we did want to that's talk. A real, that's a real. Uh, what's a real world collide? You got the the hip hop infused 
uh, cookie dough followed by the Tennessee-infused whiskey. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, Kentucky's finest bourbon. Um, You're a real eclectic. I am. I'm a, a man of... of man, you're of a renaissance tastes. man. That's right. A connoisseur, if you yeah. will. Um, I did want to talk about King Alpha. Oh, we're talking about King Alpha. Did, yeah. Wait, did Paul see it? He didn't. Brendan was supposed to see it. He had to take care of his kid. He's not here. I f- Paul, you didn't see this movie, did you? No, I, uh, I saw that it happened, and 12-year-old me wanted it to be awesome. Right. So did I. <laughs> Guy Ritchie directing a King Arthur movie with with uh, Jude, a, Jude Law playing the bad guy. It's exactly what you think it is. Right, but you think it, well, I feel like you'd think it'd be better. No, it's exactly what you think. You th- First of all, what makes you think Guy Ritchie is going to do any better than the movie he did? Uh, you know, Lockstock. Lock, yeah, two movies. Snatch and Lockstock. Yeah. Has he made a good movie since? Um... Uh, the the uh, the Sherlock movies aren't terrible. The answer is no. He has not made a good movie <laughs> since. I'm not. I mean, that's, I mean, not everything swept away, but like uh, not everything is swept away. True. He hasn't made like t- other than other than swept away. He hasn't made like terrible movies. He just has not made uh, anything. Uh, I don't know, original and fun in a long time. It's just been kind of like more. Oh, the man from Uncle was actually oh, really I'm not good. Seen it. I'm not seen it. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. In fact, too much so what I thought it was going to be because I jokingly thought it was going to be a lot of, uh, as you described it, uh, Chav, uh, <laughs> uh, King Arthur. Oi! Oi! It really is that. Yeah. It's a lot. You know who I'm talking about. Mustache Bill. Hey, Mustache Bill. You know, and then yeah, they, yeah. Well, they kind of they did that, though. That's what I, I didn't think they would actually do that. <laughs> I didn't think he was that. Well, yeah. Let me uh, let me play the the neophyte. So is it is it set in you know Sherwood Forest? All of that, like so, that kind of King Arthur. It is. So it is King Arthur. The original epic was like fifth and sixth century England, and uh, right. it's supposedly set during that time. But then also the characters like all are wearing uh, pants, and uh, I'm pretty sure that. Pants like didn't exist in the 500s, and they're wearing like pants right, and things right. that look like f- cool um, jacket, yeah. like members only jacket kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Like basically, Jude Law has right, like right. a members only jacket with like a giant uh, eagle growing out of it, which was, yeah. to be fair, pretty <laughs> badass. It's pretty good. Um, but and, well, so like, so that's I think that would be if I'm if I'm Guy Ritchie, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say like, well, why don't we do this in like present day England, and that would be kind of cool only we'll just set it on the streets and it'll be like i don't know drug deal we can use some of my knowledge of the lock stock and the snatch days yeah. to do king arthur but in current times that seems like it would be really cool I, bad boy I, parties. I, I agree with that completely that sounds they, they kind of went halfway they met each other halfway and basically you have like a, a, knight's, guy, a it, knight's tale right but yes it's like a knight's tale meets a king arthur origin story which but mm. not as good as that sounds. Yeah. Um, right. And right. starring yeah. every British guy who has ever played a guy from medieval times. <laughs> yeah. Like, Let- they, they really, <laughs> every single one. Those guys get so much work wearing so many layers. And and Charlie Hunnam for some reason, which is just... Who's that? He's the main guy. He's King Arthur. Oh, the yeah. The guy with like, the world's most watered down, confusing accent. Yeah, yeah. 
Wait, is he Australian in real he, life? I think he's Australian. They're all, they're, if they're blonde and hot yeah, and right. like thick, they're always Australian. Yeah, girthy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'll read you an excerpt from my review uh, just to set the stage. Uh, King Arthur, what, what King Arthur has is that brashness that always seems to solve everything. Which is to say, if you see the main character acting cocky and la- launching into a let me tell you what, mate, monologue, it's a safe bet that that monologue is going to be intercut with him doing something badass and winning the day. It's basically the same trick Richie pulled in Sherlock Holmes, only Sherlock being a know-it-all makes more sense than King Arthur being one, and Robert Downey Jr. brings a pathos to his bravado uh, that Charlie Hunnam just can't. In Sherlock, cockiness was the prestige. Here, it just makes you wonder if Richie really does think that you can manifest good things through positive thinking, as any pickup artist or self-help business demagogue will tell you. Oi, gather around, cunts. I was going to tell you how the world works. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like you reading to me while I <laughs> while shovel, you slurp cookie dough. <laughs> I shovel cookie dough into my fucking into your mustache in, into my mustachio dick sucker. Um, he really, uh, but so Guy Ritchie really has this thing about cock. Like it made sense when he did it with uh, Sherlock Holmes because it's like, all right, he's a smart. He's like the smartest man in the world, and he gathers yeah. all the clues. So of course he would know exactly what's going on. But really, like if you think about it, like any main character just sort of lays out how the world works and guy Ritchie's like yep mm-hmm. that's how he's, he's got it this guy's got it yeah i liked how there was eagles so, <laughs> that's true you say you like how there was eagles yep i'm i'm this is the reason i do not write movie reviews <laughs> i like how there was eagles i mean too. that's not a that's not a bad i had a when i i used to run this website called flip collective which was basically just an excuse for a bunch of writers to write about whatever they wanted to mm-hmm. edit each other and i had a friend kind of do a guest piece and he wrote a thing about the Robin Hood movie that had um oh oh I'm blanking on Russell Crowe. Yeah, Remember this that was movie? Uh, that was Ridley Scott's Robin Hood movie. Very similar to this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I remember him writing like here's the question you need to ask yourself before you go see, decide whether to go see this movie. Do you really like Castle? And I was like, that's actually kind of genius that he put it that way, because, like, just a movie with a lot of castles. And if you're really into castles, you're probably going to be fine with it. And that kind of defines whether you're going to enjoy the movie or not. So I actually like, do you like Eagles? And then that could be, like, (laughs) now you just go, you should go see this movie. Maybe maybe I I should write reviews. I I fucking love castles. Film sober. I didn't love this review. Uh, I mean, I didn't love this movie because uh, it was very much in the same vein of Ridley Scott's Robin Hood movie, which was they gave you the entire fucking movie mm-hmm. and then Robin Hood doesn't come become Robin Hood until the very end. Right, yeah. And the, then this one was uh, the same yeah. where yeah. it's like this entire, like he pulls the sword out of the stone and he defeats the bad guy. And then the closing credits are like a montage of the round table being made. Right. Where you're like, man. Uh, they're trying yeah. to get you psyched up for the franchise. They're <laughs> yeah. trying to ram down your fucking <laughs> yeah. fuckhole. You're like, could you yeah. just make a yeah. good movie yeah, I mean, first it, and then worry about it it reminds me of the uh the, the great like Patton oswalt bit where he talks about hating wanting to beat george lucas with a shovel so that mm-hmm. he would never make the prequels or whatever just talking that that very quote of like i don't care where the things that i like came from i just want to see them doing awesome things yeah and i think yeah. that would apply here right like you yeah. there's a reason that we connect to the robin hood story of well, this is, he's already fucking Robin Hood, and there's Maid Marian, and we, we, that's the cool part. We don't need to see where it happened. That's the disappointment of Batman versus Superman, because uh-huh. 
Um, the origin story is completely played out. No one wants to see Darth Vader as a sad little kid. Right. However, uh, right. I really do want to see Batman when he's like roided up and reaching like the Roger Clemens stage <laughs> of his career where he's just kind of like, he's a shadow of his former mm-hmm. self, but he's still jacked. And he's like, he's, he's <clears throat> trying to, he's trying to like succeed uh, through power alone. Like I really mm-hmm. do like that. I really would like to see that version of Batman. Yeah. And more, if more, mm-hmm. and they yeah. didn't do it. No, they didn't do it. And if more movies that are, you know, where, where they're all about inter- intellectual property maintenance, if if they would go that direction, where they they sort of caught them on the tail end, yeah, uh, like during the decline. God, I just want to see a lot of famous characters on the decline. I feel like that's like Logan. I, I feel like that's an idea with legs. Yeah, Logan was great. Yeah, there I, you go. I liked watching him struggle. That was right. fantastic. He's yeah. old now. Yeah. Is it? Is it? I watched it out recently and I had heard so many people say great things about it that I was teed up to enjoy yeah. it. And I was like, this is, this is just like, there's no, I don't know. There, it just seemed like very straight ahead. It was like a hobbit where it's like, yeah. we got to try to do this thing. And there's no extra, there's nothing other that's kind of, there's no love interest, anything like that. It's just, we're, we're chasing and chasing and chasing. And it's just a matter of like, the bad guys are really hard to defeat mm-hmm. the end. It's not great. It's not terrible. I feel like any superhero movie, you have to take an automatic 15% Rotten Tomatoes percentage deduction in your mind for it being a superhero movie yeah, because okay. you know it's going to be... Any movie in general. All movies. there's a financial incentive for not us to movies, like superhero movies. Not just movies, everything. Just any opinion that's like, this is awesome or this is trash is wrong. It makes me angry. Everything is mediocre. Yeah. There's never been anything yeah. better than a C. And if you go into everything the with C? that... A C. Oh, a C. Oh, like a letter grade C. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it meant better than like oh. the ocean. Yo, yeah. Nothing's better than <laughs> the sea, man. Just you out there with your I fucking actually, board. <laughs> I actually heard it as there's nothing better than the siege, the movie. Oh. And I was like, that's not a bad <laughs> yeah. thesis statement. There is nothing from. better than the siege. I mean, you got pre-9-11 America mm-hmm. worried about terrorism shutting down. I mean, we're talking about the fucking... So prescient. I mean, so prescient, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. How do they know? How did Denzel know? Oh, how do they know? I know that. I like that. King Arthur, I controls the streets, innit? Oi, he knows how to, I knows the town of the streets and how he's going to figure it out. Oi, are you Merlin? Oi, oi, you're looking for a wizard. <laughs> Can you make a bread pie? <laughs> I'll make a big pie out of this eagle. Jesus, Jesus doesn't like it when you when you pull swords out of rocks. <laughs> you keep that sword in the fucking rock where yeah, it's supposed to be. Yeah, you keep that sword in the rock. You stop time. playing with your sword. Yeah, you keep that sword in the rock. If Jesus sees you pull that sword out, <laughs> he's gonna spray that cum everywhere, and then he's gonna be angry, and you're gonna go straight to hell. <laughs> Yeah, keep that sword to yourself. If Jesus wanted that sword out of the rock, he'd have pounded it himself. If Jesus had won that sword out of the rock, he'd have put a baby in the rock too. But he didn't want it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I wanted to ask you guys a movie question. Oh, yeah. We love movie questions. So I was earlier, earlier today, I was like, you know, I could, uh, this, my book came out not long ago. It's been kind of pure chaos and I thought like I should maybe I should go to a movie and just decompress kind of yeah. you know relax into things it's a good place to One take a model or an actress too what's that it's a good place to take a model or an actress to just maybe, hey-o. Yeah. Hey-o. Oh, sorry sorry uh, so but then I was like 
but in LA, for example, it's going to a movie is so much effort. Yeah. And the, it's such a crapshoot as to whether the movie is going to be worth a damn, as mm-hmm. we just discussed, most of them are not. Um, is that, is that an LA and or urban specific problem? Are people out in the world still going to movies? And I'm just starting to get a weird, like, silo vision of movie going because I live in L.A. That's a, that's a hard question on a number of levels. And I feel it's the same way about aging because, like, my friends all say the same thing. And but also my friends have all just, like, had a had a kid. And so they're like, right. oh, I never mm-hmm. see movies like it. But it seems like people like going to the movies less. But I'm like, is that because my friends are just older now, or is that a societally wide? But I think it is a societal wide. I mean, are ticket sales down? They are. I mean, but well, not money wise, but in terms of no, 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 no. In terms of physical, in terms of actual attendance, yes. Right. Yeah, they keep raising the prices, so money wise, I don't know. Yeah, attendance is uh, is trending downwards. Of course. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think it's as hard to see a movie other places as it is in L.A. But I do think that people are much less. Uh, less likely to enjoy the theater experience uh, that they once were. It's hard to go outside mm-hmm. in LA unless the whatever you're looking for isn't on your block, isn't in a half mile radius. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're driving, and then you, when you're driving, you're thinking about like, is it really worth the drive to see this fucking movie? Yeah. Um, then you think about paying right. for parking. It's a whole thing. But uh, I, I mean, Netflix, man, fucking Netflix. My question is: so we we know that the home the home content, the home hashtag content experience has gotten much better. Yeah. So that's one reason people aren't going to the theater. My question is, is it just me or have people's manners at theaters gotten much worse? Oh, yeah. Everyone's on like, their fucking phone. It's not even the phone. It's like... Everybody's these kids these days. Oh, they're on their phones. They're on their phones and they're sucking each other's cocks in the middle of the fucking it's Daniel like, what, what are you doing? I'm trying to watch the goddamn Daniel Mall. Uh, I'm trying to watch the movie's <laughs> ending. What you doing? Save the cocksucking for the fucking credits. He's going to kill his dad. <laughs> he doesn't. Um, no, but there's always someone talking. Like the last, even in press screenings, there's just there's yeah. someone who is talking at like a at normal room volume yeah. to their friend. The other, actually, I was watching uh, uh, downsizing at Mill Valley Film Festival, and there was this kid. I don't know, he's like 15, and the whole time he's just making like the dumbest comments throughout the whole movie, and just mm-hmm. kind of loud. Like, sometimes when people make comments, it's actually enjoyable. Right. And this was not that. It was like the characters kissed, and he was like, ew. <laughs> and, and there's many, there's a few times where, where I resisted the urge to lean over and be like, hey, kid, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, towards the end of the movie, I realized that he was uh, mentally challenged. That, and that I was really glad that I didn't say anything. Yeah, there's a, that's happened oh, to man, me. Oh, man, I, I, I was at a... I, God, I don't even remember the movie, but there was a... Uh, a kid in a cowboy hat, which should have been my first, <laughs> sitting in a wheelchair. Oh, what are you doing in your cowboy hat? Uh, and... Uh, Every maybe sixty seconds, he you'd hear a clap and a yeah. Oh no! And I was like, dude, I I almost was like, I want to be like, hey, stop! But then uh, I saw the way he was kind of rocking back uh-huh, and forth, and I was uh-huh. like, that's not a, that's a that's the rock of someone who's got some issues. Yeah. So I didn't, but yeah, yeah I got close. Yeah. There was one. There's one guy that shows up to uh, the press screenings in the San Francisco area on a semi-regular basis uh-huh. and he has 
a very specific type of mental disability where like one every once in a while a random non-joke will make him laugh really loud and really long and it'll make things awkward and i want to watch every movie with him because he makes everything so much better yeah that's i was gonna say do you not like that because no i love it. one of my favorite things to do i usually find myself laughing at the inopportune moments uh or at something that really fucking fell flat uh that's that's when i laugh that's yeah. the same thing with comedy. I, I laugh when a comedian's bombing. Not when. They... Oh yeah. Well, that's. I, I feel like that's specific to comedians because like maybe a certain level of awkwardness is hilarious to yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm always I'm always I, laughing more when something unexpected happens. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, I, I do think uh, to your point about people and their manners, it could also be that because we've decided that everyone has a, a valid critique of every piece of art that's ever been put out, they maybe don't see it as I should just sit here in awe of this as they once did. They're like kind of already calculating, like, what am I going to say about this on Facebook? And so then that maybe takes away from the ability to just sit there and watch it. Like everything's the room to a certain ex- extent, like everything's, uh, everything's interactive now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're they're kind of like they're. I mean, I think we're all so cool and above things now that it it seems uncool to just sit there and just like enjoy this thing. There's always got. I mean, we live in a like pretty cynical time and place, and so I think it's it's hard for people to really just let go and get caught up in something. I think that's true for our particular demo, but I'm telling you, like some of the bad movie behavior is completely on the other end of the spectrum, like that I've... Older people? uh, Yeah, it's older people, like the uh, Mill Valley, I mean, of course, it's all obnoxious Marin people being, you know, Marin people gonna Marin. Yeah. Um, And there was people like (laughs) my parents' age, like someone will be on the screen and it'll be like a husband and a wife be like, oh, where do I know him from? Uh Who is that? And you're just like, hey. Oh, yeah. yeah could right. you fucking well, that could be, whisper? That, that could also just be, that could just be like um, the wealth inequality gap. Yes. We maybe are going to movies around people who are just shitheads because they're rich. Right. Yeah, yeah. That is very specific. That's an old person thing. That's, it's a rich man, that, poor right. man thing. No, I, I feel like if you're, you're talking in a movie theater, yeah. it's a, it's either you know interactive like horror movie mm-hmm. cheap seats kind of thing or it's rich people who are not used to anyone shushing them in life right maybe i mean for certain it's uh, old people like to ask questions yeah. who is that well you see earlier <laughs> in the film uh that person's brother was actually killed so that's the ghost also i think oh, i don't remember that part you were out getting um I believe the zebra popcornopolis. Um, is this Jefferson? <laughs> is this Jefferson from Je- San Rafael? This is Jefferson. What about the and his wife Sheila? What about the what about the super overbearing dude who, without even being asked, is just like, like over explaining things? Oh my God. I hate that guy yeah. so much. Like it happens in sports too, where you're just like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. You don't. The problem is they never know nearly as much as they think they know about whatever they're talking about. Right. They're yeah. just regurgitating shit that I they just, heard. I just saw Thank You for Your Service starring Miles Teller. And there, I mean, I feel like that's a frequent phenomenon in sports and military movies where they're like, they feel mm-hmm. like they have to, like, oh, well, that's that's treason. Or, or like, oh, he's, uh, yeah. you know, that, that he's obviously. That was it. He, that was it. 
he's got the wrong number of of magazines like clearly that wouldn't happen uh it, 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 yeah yeah that was a 50 caliber you can't take that into the forest yeah. everybody knows that. that's technically against the geneva Con- convention um none of those medals uh on his on that general's uniform actually make any sense that's, that's that's, stole, this movie's stolen valor i believe this is stolen valor <laughs> Uh, the Dodgers are up 3-1. I just want to say top okay, of the seven. Okay, cool. Hey, I have a hard time watching Turner because he's so fucking ugly. I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, just because he's... He is so ugly. He's but that, so ugly. Like, what a great time for him to be alive, though, because yeah. you can get away with having long hair and a crazy beard, and people are like, ah, it's cool. If he'd lived in, like, 1985 when everyone was clean-shaven, he'd be fucked. Yeah. I mean, I'm torn because I like that he's got flair, but I feel like his flair is... Uh, like he doesn't have to be as ugly as he is, and he's made himself an eyesore. And I appreciate that. Um, I like. That I, I like that he's got an attitude, but yeah. I find him hard to look at. I'm like, you are really ugly, and I wish you were less ugly. I find him very distinguishable from the rest of the team, and that's what yeah. matters to me. Is yeah. to be like, I, I know that guy, and then you know I can memorize because I have mm-hmm. trouble memorizing people's faces. Sure, I hate like the, the sports guy. teams doing the thing where they 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 don't have the names on the back of the oh, jerseys yeah. during the home what are you games. Doing? Like, come on. Man. I don't know people by their number. Yeah, like get the fuck out of here. Just put the names on the jerseys. I'm actually kind of surprised as a, a uh, sorry as a professional athlete. Yeah, I yeah. will be in current am, professional that, athlete. Uh, the teams don't actually do more to encourage their players to sort of take on that like character vibe because I think it does mm. help the Dodgers to have like, well, Turner is this kind of obnoxious red-haired guy and, mm-hmm. and Puig is like the crazy fun-loving uh Bo Jackson type um and then there's just like a whole other not bunch of nondescript dudes that I can't necessarily differentiate right um I think I think I think teams probably should encourage their guys to be like look your the deal is you're growing a beard and you're gonna be the, the heel for the situation exactly like I, I could imagine that happening eventually or in in particular circumstances yeah everyone should have an angle every single player should have an angle and a brand and like uh i want to be able Mm -hmm. to draw like a caricature of all of them you know something very specific about what they do like one guy always wears a top hat yeah one guy wears sunglasses we call them shades yeah one guy always has like a single testicle hanging out you know (laughs) like he's that's it yeah hanging brain dude yeah he's just hanging brain you know hanging brian his name will be brian (laughs) yeah everyone needs everyone needs an angle man yeah um, I don't know if this is relevant content, but a few people asked about, uh, you know, past broadcast guest PFT commenter. Oh yeah. And, uh, apparently his, his ESPN show got canceled this week after one episode. Oh, Barstool Van Talk, but of course. Oh, is he the is he the Barstool sports guy? He is, but I mean, he, we knew him when before we knew him when, like before he was, uh, when I think. I'm sure I can't remember where he was before SB Nation, but we knew him before SB Nation, and then at SB Nation, and then I think launched, I think, a, launched a lot of careers on I this think, podcast. I think Barstool uh, sort of uh, backed up the Brinks truck, and then and he was sure, and so now he's sort of their biggest personality, and uh, so he got his the the ESPN two show Barstool Van Talk, and uh, mm-hmm. but then he got canceled because not because of anything that they did, but because they're saddled with the Barstool brand mm. now, which is a shitty brand to mm. be saddled with. For, I don't know anything. Um, 
yeah what, what's wrong with barstool well just to, like think about the name barstool sports and, yeah. and 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 conjure the kind of site that would uh that would come into your mind when uh, you think about that uh sort of like a stormfront uh forum yeah like a <laughs> shitty like rust belt quasi racist <laughs> okay, like yeah. dipshit yeah uh, that's uh, what that's uh, barstool yeah, yeah. Well, that's what made PFT Commenter funny, though, right? Was was because he, he was making fun of that. He was making fun of that. Yeah, and so when they hired him, it was kind of like it was a little bit like Colbert going to like if Colbert in character becoming like a Fox right. News host. Right. It's oh, like an awkward. Yeah. It's an awkward fit to a certain degree, but also like PFT Commenter is fucking funny, and their yeah. podcast is funny, and so ESPN was like, "Oh yeah, let's do this," um, and so they did, but then. ESPN is somehow just they're just really good at fucking up lately it seems mm-hmm. like like they hired them knowing full well that they're part of the barstool brand and then and then they did like the 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 retroactive ass ass covering uh-huh we're like oh right, we can't be right. associated with this brand even though like if you did half a second of research like you'd know Exactly what that what the brand what was. that i think portnoy said something uh, something harvey weinstein related that the people didn't like and it was like <laughs> dave portnoy is like the he was like the original the founder mm-hmm. and he seems like he's mm-hmm. kind of alt-right adjacent uh and he's still he's not the ceo anymore but he still works there he's he's still there to cheapen the brand well, basically. I mean, yeah i think that is one of the things though that ah uh, we live in a it's such a weird time because the same thing that that allowed these people to rise to success which is like a freewheeling attitude toward you know discourse or whatever if somebody took this podcast that the three of us just did and they separated quotes out like ah, that's, a, that's just a tough thing to start to judge people on and i don't i don't know very much about this story but i know i've heard about this like exactly what you're talking about with regard to the bar stool yeah Connection and and so it becomes really easy to say here's a story about this guy's shitty now here's a quote of him being shitty but we've been talking you the three of us for seventy five minutes and I guarantee you could take something out of here oh, and portray us in an awful way honestly so I, I think like I get a cold sweat kind of like every Matt time theory. an episode comes out <laughs> yeah I mean I think that's like Matt's theory of like nothing's that good or that bad most people and most movies are just like mediocre yeah and I mean. This thing gets a little soapboxy, but I think like it's interesting how we now have this like, well, I'm perfect, so I can sit oh, here and judge this person based right. on one quote oh, of theirs it's from the, one podcast. It's the most annoying thing in the world because it always like without without even saying it, it's the people, uh, you know, and, and this doesn't count for every single situation, but a lot of the times when it's something like a, a joke gone wrong, you mm-hmm. know, something uh, relatively minor, depending on who you ask. Um, and uh, yeah, people get on the soapbox uh, uh, and are like, you know, this is unbelievable, incredible. Right. How could anyone ever say this? Right. And it's like, you know, you've said something <laughs> yeah. fucked up, you know, before. And why are you pretending like you've never, ever made a mistake? Oh, this week was a perfect example. There was a there was a Republican congressman who said something about how no one got called an ignorant slut during this conversation and people were like oh of course that's you know they're yeah. blowing it up and it's like he's obviously referencing the old snl bit right, right. which was cross talk or whatever yeah. it was called where where uh jane you ignorant, jane, you slut. ignorant slut was how he'd start it so right. it's like he's making a joke fucking let it go i think the other thing about this barstool situation is 
like a shtick is your best friend in the short term and like your greatest enemy in yeah. the long term. Because yeah. I mean, six, seven years ago, I had a million offers to write for any site that had like bro or frat or dude or yeah. guy in the title. Yeah. Because, you know, like they thought that you're was part, all of those things. They thought that was part of my brand. And I was like, no, I don't want to hitch my wagon to like bro, that. frat, dude guy. Yeah, I don't want to be bro, frat, dude guy. That's a very limiting shtick. Mm-hmm. And like in the short mm-hmm. term, if people can put you in that box, like they can be like, oh, it's this guy. He's going to do this thing. Let's give him money to do that thing. And it seems great. And comedians are the same way. There's so many mm-hmm. comedians that are like, oh, I'm the nerd comedian. I'm such a, yeah. I'm such a beta male and or yeah. blah, blah. And it's like, dude, first of all, you're not. Yeah. And that shtick is going to get old in about yeah. 10 minutes. It's going right. to be, you're going to, you're going to have a lot of success, like, like front loaded. Right. And then at a certain point, you're going to be like, what the fuck did I do? Right. I'm hitched to this dumb brand yeah. that I created. And right. that's kind of what. A brand is a cage, bro. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's great. It's great to get paid right away, but like you're gonna be stuck with that. And I don't know. I get. I get when people leverage that, and I thought about it many times. But yeah, I'm kind of kind of glad I I didn't. Yeah, it is. It is definitely. Uh, yeah, it's it's really easy to be to see kind of like. Which that was not a knock on PFT commenter, by the way. I'm sure. No, yeah. I'm sure he got more than I was ever offered to. <laughs> to, no, to write for a site I didn't fully uh, it's e- believe in the message of. It's easy to see like a hole in the market, you know, like creatively, like this is a niche I can fill, yeah. you know, and uh, and and go after it. And, and yeah, sort yeah. of, yeah, yeah, like and wedge I, yourself into that a I little bit. I understand, but it, uh, why, you know, someone uh, would do it. But it is one of those things. Well, first of all, uh, the so far, my only uh, angle is I like eating butts. So I haven't figured it <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, there's... There's like, um, yeah, there's there's a thousand different, you know, comedians with different angles who are just <laughs> like, you know, I'm a lot of it is very, you know, identity based sometimes. And and then some of it is just like, uh, you know, I'm a sad boy yeah. or, uh, you know, I'm a fucking uh a reformed reformed jock there's yeah. a you know a, a few well, paul i'm sure you can relate this i feel like i spent my entire life not wanting to be the jock or the nerd like right. i kind of was most trying people, to defy both of those most people stereotypes. are those things and most, like exactly and now in like this reality show clickbait culture it's like they want to every everything every market force is trying to push you into one of those boxes right. and it's like you can do that but you're gonna get fucked in Delete the long run. Delete the nuances of your humanity. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've, I've certainly, I certainly can relate to it. I think I spent the first uh, 18 years of my life trying to get people to take me seriously as an athlete because I was such a nerd. And then, as soon as the athletic stuff took off, it was trying to reverse that. Like, oh no, I can read, guys. It's cool. We can talk <laughs> about other things besides uh, sports scores. Yeah. Um, but it is true that like people just want to aim you down that path, probably because it's efficient. It's easy to say that's what that person does. Mm-hmm. And now we can keep that person in that little, that little slot. And it's better theater. You know, it's like you can't have uh, too much nuance because you have a short 
this period of time that people are paying attention to any single issue. And uh, so if you're mm-hmm. you're the jock, you're the jock because we got a nerd. Right. You cannot be. Both. If you're casting right. the real world, you can't be like, well, this is Paul. He's a really interesting guy. It's going to be like, no, no, we got a nerd. Yeah. We got a guy who eats butts. Yeah. And we got a hot <laughs> chick. And then we got a nerd chick who's also kind of hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got like a fat dude who's funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then we got like a gay dude right, who's, right. who's like really fabulous. You know, it's like yeah. you're you're casting for types. And and I feel like the entire world has sort of tried to fit that. Well, we, now we no. have a reality show president. No, so but that's the thing. I, that's, we're all trying to. That's grift. what social media is, though. Now, yeah. now social media is everyone uh, like with open arms. We've embraced branding yourself. Yeah, absolutely. In a way that like is uh, before I'd be like, aren't you disgusted by your self branding? <laughs> when you when you read your pitch for dope, <laughs> yeah. didn't you want to puke a little bit? Yeah, yeah. When 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 you decided uh, on Twitter that you wanted to be a uh, a tanky pro <laughs> uh, DPRK, super into Kim Jong Un and Kim Il Sung, and a follower of the Jewish. Juche, uh, Juche <laughs> yeah. uh, religion. Did you not a little bit say, "Well, this is silly," and uh, because that's the thing, it's like everyone's very—they're like, "This is my brand," yeah. I, and I'm very serious about my brand. Yeah, and they're these—you know—it's—it's. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. And that's okay. That's Commerce fine. ruins everything. Yeah. Um, it's okay to, to to have a brand. I think it's just uh, I I have a particular problem with a political brand more than anything else. I've decided that people don't have opinions on politics anymore. They only have their brand, right? And uh, which is you know fair yeah. enough. But I, I just uh, it's uh, to the point where people uh, want to uh, affect change in real life. I feel like, uh, the branding gets in the way a lot. Yeah. Also, it's like, motherfucker, it's okay not to feel like you know the answer sometimes. Right. It's okay to feel like you don't know the answer and it's okay to see someone make a mistake and, yeah. and be like, Hey, be you like, know what? Hey, that's people, people, people do, yeah. but people are snitches now and <laughs> they'll snitch on someone for making a mistake because it's bad for the brand as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it also increases mm-hmm. their own social capital right. if they snitch. So people be openly snitching on fools for no fucking reason. I'm tired of this snitches snitches used to get stitches now snitches get social riches and i'm tired of it and i will end the snitch culture in america that's my brand damn yeah. that that's good shit right there i like i'm, I'm behind this for president yeah you oh, really? like you know we all grew up in the in the era of like uh of the, the free to be you and me movement and self-esteem boosting and i think it was sort of pounded into us that like the reason you insult someone is because you're trying to make yourself feel better. Um, right. And weirdly, like that, what you're talking about is another way to do that. So people yeah. are, are basically just sort of boosting their own self-esteem by, by taking a shot at someone's mistake right. when they maybe were vulnerable or whatever it was. And it's interesting that those same people, if you said to them, like, now would you, you know, insult a, a kid with Down syndrome, they'd be like, of course not. That would be crazy. Right. But it's actually sort of the same thing. You're really just like doing it to make yourself feel better right. as opposed to trying to actually like understand people. Maybe we're just a bunch of old men and we're going to be yeah, probably alive by social media. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's I what think it that's, is. I think that's true. All right. We got some emails. We're all done. I'm going to play the email song. Your advice is always bad, but tell me more about your dad. Oh God, I am afraid to die. 
art. Paul, I'm sorry you couldn't hear the email song. It doesn't. It, we can't. We can't do it. We can't make the phone person hear the email song. But you can hear the question. Quite all right. Yeah. Um, dudes, you never answered my question when I sent it in a month ago. I'll ask again. I'll ask again since Halloween is coming up. Who wins in the fight between Daniel Plainview and Pennywise the Clown? What is Daniel's fear, and how does the winner win? Also, any horror movies you find genuinely scary as an adult? All right, so I'm going to be real with you. I have not. All seen right, well, you guys it. are going to have to explain to me who Daniel, whatever that was. Oh, uh, Daniel Plainview is. He goes to the peach tree dance. Yeah, he's the protagonist of There Will Be Blood. You know, uh, Daniel Day Lewis's. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, take okay, her to the right. peach tree right. dance. Get her liquored up. Get liquored up. Get some girls. And go dancing near peach trees. It's a fun thing we used to do. <laughs> I don't know anything about Pennywise the Clown. Okay, okay. You didn't see it. I yeah. haven't seen it. Well, here's the thing about it. I, I liked it. I haven't fine. seen either it. Um, it. Bites. I have to. I'm gonna. Go I have to interject first before you you talk about your review that I truly love your review of it like so much that. It, absolved me of any need to go see it. I was like, this is way better than the movie will be for sure. Wow. I'm, Do not I'm tell that good. to any advertisers for the record. Yeah, that will ruin his <laughs> that will ruin me. No. They're liking the reviews better than they like the actual movie. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, no, I think because you, you've touched on a lot of, uh, of things about, like, I don't know, just sort of cheap tricks in, in movies that are, or TV shows that are trying to... Um, I don't know, just like pull certain levers on you as opposed to actually being uh, full or nuanced. Right. I mean, I think it's a, it pulls a certain trick because, you know, because it was written in the 80s that it can, that it can just be like a straight adaptation of the book and absolve itself of the inherent derivativeness of being, you know, about a scary clown that lives in the sewer and having like kids in the 80s riding bikes. It's sort of got the, it's very much got the Stranger Things, Goonies, um, Monster Squad, etc. aesthetic. And I thought it was really good at doing that. But it's interesting that we sort of can't escape that aesthetic. Mm. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. It was a good movie. Which, which has got to be something to do with our generation having come to a point of like being able to get to make those movies. Oh, right? absolutely. So like that was our childhood. So we're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I'm gonna make a movie about it. Oh, uh, it's member berries, and it's and it's good enough that we can convince ourselves that it's not member berries. But it, it totally is, and, and, you know, it's more acceptable than other forms of it. But uh, it still is the same thing. Um, I don't know. So but, I think you're the only one who can answer the question because because I didn't see the movie, but I enjoyed what you said about um, like is the clown real or is he a metaphor? Because like that was one of my problems that I don't think I would have been able to articulate before reading your review was like. I don't know that a clown, unless he's like a superhuman clown, is that scary to me, unless he's like a metaphor for something else. Yeah. And he's not like real. Well, that's the funny thing. It's a two-parter, so they kind of punted on like whether Pennywise is a metaphor or if he's a... I mean, he's sort of a metaphor. They don't really finish the thought. But anyway, he bites a little kid's arm off in the first scene. So uh, like on that note, he's probably scarier than Daniel Plainview. Spoiler, dude. Although Daniel Plainview would probably just take his oil and that's a good point. Yeah. Um, any horror? What are? I don't know. I was. I've heard that question before, and I have not come up what with. What was a, the question? Like any horror movies that you find genuinely scary as an adult? Uh, fucking The Ring, dude. Ooh. 
The Ring is the only horror film that I uh, rewatched, and it had the same effect on me that it had when I saw it as like a high schooler. Whereas yeah. like, ugh, it just freaks me out, makes me want to sleep with the lights on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it did a great job uh, of creepy imagery. I don't know. What about um, is is the movie? Is it called the? Is it called Strangers or The Strangers with? Uh, Ah, fuck. I think Liv Tyler. And it was loosely based on, like, the Manson creepy crawlies where they would go into people's houses and just, like, move shit around. Oh. Um, I don't know. I never saw that. That one scared the bejesus out of me. I was probably 30 at the time, but I think it was... They did a pretty good job of, for the most part, hiding things from you and not... I think I, I lose any ability to be scared as soon as you, like, show the guy's arm get cut off or whatever. So I'm, I'm way into anything that seems kind of ethereal. Right. Okay. That's creepy. And I, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. Anytime. I mean, even though the ring is maybe not an example of real things happening, but like, uh, yeah. Anytime I, uh, see something. Yeah. So if things moving, like you're in a house and a doll is moved from one place to another, shit like that is, is, is hella scary. Although I can't think of an example. Of, yeah. I don't get scared in movies. There's, there's movies that like I have a hard time watching or that I actively avoid, which would be, um, like anything involving like, uh, dementia or like, Oh yeah. Al- Alzheimer's or what was that <clears throat> movie with, uh, with Julianne Moore from a few years ago. It was like about her getting... Magnolia. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. But the I... goddamn regret. Yeah, I avoid anything... The goddamn regret. That's my favorite part. <laughs> I avoid anything uh, that sort of goes there. Because, yeah, don't need to see it. Yeah, that, that shit makes me sad. Other Bums than me that, the fuck out. Other than that, I really... I can kind of watch anything. Yeah, same. I mean, I feel like we're too jaded to even... For that to be... A concern. Uh, another email. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the real problem is that we can't make ourselves fourteen again, where we could believe in anything. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the cold embrace of death that Mort- I'm scared. Of. Mortality. Yeah. Uh, hey, frauders. Um, any advice on how to handle transition from cult level evangelical to agnostic humanist? I have two kids under thirty and a wife who still goes to that church. Trump was kind of the catalyst. Realizing everybody around me, 81% of evangelicals, supported that orange foreskin in the name of Jesus was fucked. Not exactly the most interesting life advice you've ever had, but whatever the fuck. Huh. So Um, this is a former evangelical? Yeah. Um, Asking us for a Yeah, yeah. Wow. This is, I mean, I will defer to Paul in a second because he might have a better answer than me because I've never... Um, been an evangelical though I did grow up around many um, I feel like my my answer and maybe it's slightly obvious is that uh, I feel like JC was kind of an was kind of a humanist you know right and so uh, JC Chasse from yeah, uh, yeah. the uh, no, Backstreet Jesus, Boys Jesus Christ oh Jesus Christ I think Jesus was kind of hanging out with the with the with the poor people and, and you know throwing out the money changers and yeah and uh, the bernie feeding, the bernie sanders of his he time was kind of yeah a little yeah. bit so i feel um it doesn't seem like there's a disconnect between that and uh evangelical yeah, christianity no, one, no one's gonna tell you uh to not love 
Jesus, like uh, or at least, well, I'm not going to tell you to not love Jesus. I and feel I like, think the left we've gotten to the point where where uh, atheists are much more annoying than than yeah, legitimate atheists, believers. Atheists took a fucking heel turn uh, <laughs> in the last like two years, where they went from like, oh man, I got red pilled on on fucking atheism, and now I realize <laughs> there's no God. And you're like, okay, cool, that's good. And yeah. they're like, also the government is trying to inject the Jews into the border. And you're like, whoa, uh, yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> but, uh, I feel like, uh, yeah. So now when someone is like, uh, you know, moderately religious, you know, they're, they're like, a a liberal person who goes to church or something, I'm kind of like, yeah, cool beans. <laughs> if that's, if that spurs you into helping your fellow man, yeah, that's, whatever. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I feel like, uh, Jesus got a lot of good qualities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's that, kind of an awesome dude. Yeah. And you can personalize him, uh, in a way, uh, because, you know, uh, there's plenty of different sects of Christianity, right? Where mm-hmm. they, they're not necessarily about like evangelizing, you know, yeah. ones who are just like, Hey, live and let live, bro. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't know what those sects the are. The idea that, that Donald Trump is, is a Christian is fucking hilarious. By yeah. The way. Oh my God. It's <laughs> so funny. Have you ever seen videos of, of whenever people are praying around him? He does not know what to do with his face. What did he say? That, that Bible verse where he called it, uh, no. <laughs> it was like he uh oh corinthians 2 or, or something like no that. i don't know what instead of second corinthians he's like hey corinthians 2 it's tremendous. better than corinthians 1 tremendous bible verse i like corinthians 2 because they had robert de niro <laughs> beautiful man so good yeah every time they went back to sicily it was great great pizzas been there i have a hotel there um yeah uh what is he? He wants to be a secular human humanist, is what he yeah, said. Yeah, I think so. Transition. I mean, I think the actually, yeah, Paul, you 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 got any advice? Well, I I've, I think I have, I've run the gamut, having grown up in the Midwest. Went we went to church when I was a kid, basically every Sunday, and so then I had my the usual uh, teens and twenties freak out where I was like, that's just I was terrified. What's wrong with you people? Um, and I think I became that obnoxious atheist, but now I think maybe it's my contrarian nature, but I sort of alluded to this earlier. Like I'm, I'm so tired of general cynicism that I actually kind of respect someone who actually gives a shit about that, even though I think it on a base level, I think it's kind of silly. Right. Uh, so I think like, I mean, I guess it's, it's a little like, like I find vegans much more obnoxious than evangelical Christians at totally. this point. Um, so as long as it's not hurting anyone, as long as they're not like the, the remnants in, uh, in the leftovers, right. uh, <laughs> I guess, like, I don't know, <laughs> at least they believe in something. Yeah. I think anyone nice who tells be. you they have the answer is obnoxious and that sort of transcends any sort of race or creed. I think that's why I, I think that's maybe there's a reason, there's a correlation somewhere in why I now... Uh, respect people more who hold on to a personal belief than I do the, uh, v- you know, a, a violent veganist or a violent, <laughs> violent veganist, <laughs> uh, you know, like a, a radical vegan or, or a radical atheist. Uh, and it's because uh, 
at this point, I am so tired of being cynical and jaded that if someone has like, oh, you know, privately, I have a lot of hope. Like, it makes me feel good. Yeah, like, like, oh, someone's got some hope. You're like, give me a piece of that. Give me some of that hope. Maybe if I just right. stand near you, I'll I'll also feel hope. You yeah. know? I want, I want. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess what, I guess the problem, right, is that we it's hard, so hard to define the terms based on this person's email. Because there are a lot of evangelicals who are the most obnoxious and awful people <laughs> in the world. Because they're right. out there, like, throwing blood at the abortion clinic. But... Evangelizing could also just mean like, oh well, we're at this dinner party, and you know we were at church this weekend, and the pastor said this. I think we've we've gone so far um, in the direction of of secularism that someone that even brings up religion, we're just like, whoa, crazy person, right, what's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. And that could also just be a symptom, though, of like living in the cities we live in. True, true, true. Yeah, now now it's like if you're not secular, then then there's yeah, right. But I I mean, I feel like the person laid out the fact that there was what he said like a, a, a eighty two percent Trump supporters and stuff like that. I feel like there is a specific that's a specific type of evangelical that I probably. Uh, wouldn't get along with not someone who's like hey this is about community and bake sales and shit yeah like uh so mm -hmm. i mean uh, finding another community that's always yeah. possible yeah right? i understand i don't I understand even know the, the you know the church it uh, fulfills that uh tribal instinct that we all have to mm -hmm. sort of have a community and it'd be nice if uh there was a replacement for that and i don't i don't know what it is entirely but i alcoholics I, anonymous yeah, i can understand that uh that it's sort of missing and yeah mm -hmm. anyway um should we put this thing to bed yeah uh oh actually uh so a few people asked for a ben update and i feel like mm -hmm. i need to give that just because you guys have been listening to the show for the last six or seven years or however <clears throat> long it's been um so i don't know i've been trying to find a balance between like not like putting this business out there right. and letting people know because they've sort of come to know people on the show and mm -hmm. ben and he was i mean that was uh i still remember when we were at the bar me and brett and brendan like in 2009 or 2010 and ben was like hey you should start a podcast and i was like oh a podcast what the fuck's that yeah. so he was kind of the the holy reason the the entire reason that we started the show um obviously he had testicular cancer and, and he got it treated and then he went on his little vision quest and traveled around and uh so anyway in the last month or so he's gone into hospice care and the chemo didn't work and um he sort of you know he's thinking that he only has a couple weeks left we don't really know um <laughs> sorry for laughing that's just how i deal with things uh pretty shitty um he's been saying his goodbyes in the last couple weeks uh, I didn't really know what to say about it because, like I said, I didn't want to speak for him. I didn't want to like put out his personal business, but uh, it's going bad. Um, he seems like he's in a good place, though. Seems like he's doing well. Um, we don't know. Uh, if you want to send him a nice, nice note, you know, tell him you're thinking about him. That's good. It's encouraged. Uh, yeah, saw him this week. He was lucid. He, so. he still seems like Ben, just not, you know. 
not as healthy as he once was. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Know, is it, uh, it's hard to talk about. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I felt like we owed you that update. I don't know. Um, anyway, so there it is. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> sorry about that. To hide No, that's great. I, yeah. I, I, we were just talking about how we should all be a little less cynical, so I, I appreciate you bringing it up. Anyway. That's probably half the reason that religious people in general make me feel good now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, love each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what's the... Yeah. What's the send this fellow a note? <laughs> this is, should I say the Google Voice number? <laughs> yeah. Well, first the what's the the Gmail? Uh, oh, broadcast at gmail dot com, and that's where they can send uh, messages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people saw my tweet from last week, sent in some nice things, so that's cool. Appreciate that. Uh, anyway. Yeah, and uh, the Google Voice number four one five two seven five zero zero three zero. Paul Shirley, the book is called uh, Stories I Tell on Dates. Anything else uh, that we can uh, plug for you, Paul? Uh, not really. That's good. Go uh, have, a, have, a, have a look at the Amazon page and do the little read inside and then decide what you want to do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, did you say the voice number? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, um, everybody... Uh, good night and eat the beans.